0: The Agora Podcast is covered by a BIPCOT no-gov license. Use and reuse is free and encouraged by anyone except governments or their agents. Find out more at BIPCOT.org. If there's girls still growing up in this world To believe they can't sing rock and roll
1: I don't want to live in this world anymore
0: Yeah, um... Welcome back to the Agora Podcast. It's me, Penguin, here with Sek Magora. Um, We're here for another exciting episode. Um, I know it's been a while since we've uh, reconvened this series, at least a few of the Into the Void uh, episodes. But now we're back with another uh, Women of Anarchism episode. Sek, who do we have uh, on the docket here today?
2: The docket. We got... um... (laughs) our friend uh ali's coming back on she was on once before you might have listened to her on the prison abolition episode um Allie's just you know, she's a friend of ours a cool person a woman anarchist and a prison abolitionist ali welcome back what's going on
1: oh thank you for having me back so, i mean i remember that episode was really fun um to do because that is one you know piece that i'm kind of somewhat passionate about prison abolitionism so like, I realize it's not something that's
2: probably going to happen in my lifetime, but. <laughs> I mean, you know, a boy can dream, right? I mean, that, yeah. was, a, that was a really good conversation about prison abolition and, and uh, what that might look like and, you know, how to get from here to there. But um, I have no idea what number that was. Penguin, you got any idea offhand? No idea. No idea. But go back and listen to that one if you have not. It's a, a great um Episode. It's just search
0: for Allie or whatever. It's just say Allie. Allie.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, so Allie, before we were started recording, we um we were talking before we started recording about uh this um series we're doing, Women in Anarchism, which we're having you on right now for. So why don't you go ahead and like tell us your backstory? Like, how did you get how did you become an anarchist? Were you always an anarchist? What made you passionate about anarchism? Like what were your uh, ideals before that, that kind of stuff? Uh, You know, what was your first memory when you were three, that kind of thing?
1: Sure. Um, When I grew up, I grew up in a really good family in New Jersey, surprisingly. Um, And they're still pretty conservative. So I just kind of, I guess, took on their politics because, I mostly didn't pay that much attention and if there were news on it was always fox news right so um around the 2016 election uh i started to be like you know i don't really like uh donald I also really don't like hillary clinton so i'm like kind of what else is out there uh to think about and i found uh, a podcast actually it was a comedian podcast but he has this friend uh, ari shafir who does the State of the Union with Dave Smith every year, who's not really one of my favorite people anymore. But I used to listen to his podcast because of that. And that kind of is how I got started down authoritarian, but I had no clue about. Um, and I started going down the road of being a minimalist. Um, because my family when we were growing up, too, it was very um, you appreciate cops, you respect cops, and that type of thing. So it was hard for me to let go the cost and military aspects of minimalism but then it was but I don't remember specifically what it was that made me completely just like change that idea um like if there was a specific instance but after a while it was just hard to kind of be like I can't really justify this anymore and that's I guess at the point where I was like you know fuck the system fuck all this fuck cops and I'm really very hardcore I think that's why I'm probably very hardcore about like being anti-cop um so uh at that point i became an ancap and then i started started following more people who were outside of the ancap circles and would take different ideas and or different book suggestions to read and listen to their other people's ideas and be like oh you know that's really interesting let me find out more about that and then um from being an ancap to just being an ANT- a market anarchist and then eventually just you know an anarchist without adjectives really um i probably do align more with like mutualism or egoism and i started getting into more like egoism because i was reading about like postmodernism and they're they're kind of similar in a way um but yeah that's pretty much my trajectory
2: <laughs> you don't remember what it was that um made you stop I, I, supporting the i cops. don't
1: remember specifically what it was but i think it was just
2: did you get pulled over
1: i think i think no especially <laughs> before i went to jail uh, <laughs> um so it wasn't like a bad experience it was just like around the time like you had a lot of the like cop shootings that were now being broadcast and i was you know being on twitter you hear a lot more about i mean i think it's one of the positives about social media which I don't think there are ton of them, but, like, other than, like, many people who think like you. But you also hear more about the things that they used to be able to kind of, like, brush under the rug. And I think a lot of that stuff was just, like, well, I can't just keep, you know, just these do shootings that are happening, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. But so, I like, I around that time, point. I think... so
1: Like, around that time, there was a lot of that, and a lot of cops, like, being mm-hmm. put on trial and, like, being, uh, like, dismissed or whatnot. So...
2: Um yeah. yeah I'm thinking back to like 2015 2016 and and things like there was Cop lock yeah. and like Police the Police and all those things were pretty yeah. huge at that time also um so yeah, yeah. It was well, that was kind of in the air
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was still probably like within the Libertarian realm and then like it was down the road a little bit from there that I had eventually just kind of let go. Like it took me a couple of years. It was it was really hard because I think it was just so ingrained in me and like watching Fox News and all that kind of stuff. You know? Where it's like you're supposed to respect these people and it's like well, why. <laughs> you know?
2: Well, because, you know, they wear the right gang colors. Um
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so like what is there any ideals that how do I explain this or ask this? So did you have any ideals deals as a young, you know, sort of conservative that um, later informed your views on anarchism and the world and that kind of thing? Like uh, what I mean is, so a lot of the folks that we have talked to that are now anarchists were formerly like. I don't know democratic socialist or uh you know some kind of liberal or or whatever and they have a lot of the same ideals about like um they wanted to help the poor or they were they didn't like war or they 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 liked basic human rights and stuff like that, and all those things informed their their um ideas about democratic socialism or whatever their their ideology was before anarchism but now they inform their anarchism if that makes sense they sort of it's the same ideals they've just uh transferred it to like another ideology so is there anything that stuck i guess
1: yeah well, I guess one thing that I could, I could say is that I was definitely one of those, you're just not paying attention enough in school, because I would daydream a lot because I was just pouring out of my mind. Uh, and I didn't really like, you know, school when I, when I was attending it ever. So I went into teaching thinking, well, I'm going to be a good teacher. I'm going to be, you know, different. I'm going to make a difference. And then once I got in the school system and you realize what the administrative stuff is, like that's going on within like the school systems, is that it is just more propaganda and like they don't actually care as long as they're making their numbers that they have to get on the yearly exams that these kids have to take. It's like, this is ridiculous. Like you can't really help them as much as you would want to. Um, so with that, I think it just kind of made me like against like the public education system You know, more moving forward is something that I eventually, when I first got into libertarianism, I was very into like school choice or like you should move your kids out of public schools and that type of thing, like maybe homeschooling, Um, just because of what I had seen firsthand within the the school system, going from a kid who wasn't very good at school, not because I was stupid or anything, but it would make, they would make you think you are. Actually being a teacher and being like, yeah, this kind of blows and can't really do what you want to do. Or what you would want like you have your hands tied with certain things and how you have to do them like you really don't have as much autonomy as people would make you believe that you do as a teacher uh within the public school system so
2: do you think that yeah, used to be different fun. like so i remember it's back it's in the day i hated school too but there was always that like <laughs> one teacher or something that did weird shit that made it interesting yeah. you know what i mean like i remember having one in elementary school and then mm-hmm. later on i had a cool like social studies teacher who probably read a lot of howards in you know and was just like yeah. really uh very passionate about what they're doing and made it fucking interesting like because history i love history now yeah but they can you can uh, the way they teach history in school is super fucking boring because it's all about hey. dates and then this happened and outline and whatever It's they make it as boring as possible for some reason. But I, you get that one teacher who does like weird shit and or I don't mean weird like weird but like uh, different and interesting and is very passionate about it or comes in dressed as fucking George Washington or whatever the thing you know. And Mm -hmm. that seems like it used to happen that way. Maybe I'm an old crotchety old man. I don't know. But, like, (laughs) it seems like you used to have certain teachers who could, like, get away with more stuff. And now that doesn't seem to be the case. Is it just because of all the testing and shit or what?
1: Well, because you have. So from when, like, um, there's a lot more, like, testing that goes along with it. And you had, like, when I was in high school, no child left behind. Uh, was passed that was the big thing when I was going to school to be a teacher. Um, and there's there just been more like laws in order to allegedly, like, you know, take care of like the differential in different schools. Um, make sure getting one, I mean, on the surface, it sounds good, <laughs> but in practice, it wasn't really. And, um, yeah, I think it has gotten more difficult. Not to mention that, like, now I couldn't imagine like. You do one thing wrong as a high school teacher and it's reported and it's all over TikTok. And then like you have to justify yourself with like that type of thing too as kids get older now with like social media. Which sometimes it's like, this is actually good that you can be like, like look, this teacher actually does stuff. But it's like unfortunate for people who wanna be accept- accepting of different people. But then you have like lives of TikTok on Twitter that like tries to demonize teachers because they're like accepting of like
2: LGBT kids, you know what I mean, or like whatever. <laughs> Different world. Yeah, yeah. Social media is. I mean, it's definitely a, obviously a double-edged sword. Like you can, yeah. you know, you can you can um, bring attention to like abuse, but also you can okay. just fucking weaponize and ruin people's lives. Also, you know what I mean. So, um,
1: right,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah it's a much I I'm mean, glad I didn't grow up in this that's all i'm saying yeah yeah i mean i don't know
0: i don't know what it is i mean i can only we can only just make up stuff and i think go off of observations but i mean just i'm sure more teachers than ever more demand for teachers than ever cuz there's probably more schools and students um that actually trend might change a little with the Demographic decline, I guess with eventually uh less little, little kids but uh, yeah. it's it's still basically a conveyor belt industrial system, and they they just need all these people um to kind of just fit in and i guess i guess a place for you know individualism and having like an enthusiasm and I think you honestly you know if if relative wages for teachers is lower than other things i mean you know I hate to be yeah. so blunt about it, but you get l- lower quality of people less intelligent people, less enthusiastic about the actual, you know what I mean? Like they don't have the credentials to like, I studied history. I got a, I got an undergrad and a master's in history. And you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. if if that's the case, I mean, you know, you get a different person going into those jobs and yeah, I mean, you do have to kind of teach to the, it's kind of sad to be one of like the 5% of kids that's really interested in history. And I was one of those kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, But in a conveyor belt kind of, you know, system, uh, you know, you're just trying to get the most people, the most kids that you can, the highest percentage of kids memorizing those dates. So, I mean, I I, I can only feel for people. I I would only, my advice for a kid would be just to tell them, um, just try to get to your undergrad so you can choose to study what you want.
3: Hey, y'all, it's Resonance. Um, Yeah, from the Let's Make Some Shit podcast. Uh, Here telling you guys about some of the new stuff I've got at Appalachian Apothecary. Right now I have a remineralizing tooth powder that's made with calcium carbonate and bentonite clay. Um, I have a four ounce jar that I'm selling for 10 bucks a piece. And then uh, also I've done a couple of body butters. Um, they're whipped tallow, body butters, one's infused with arnica, and the other one is a very potent pain reliever, and if you'd like more info on that, you can find me at Radical underscore Resonance on Telegram, or at Mother of Chaos, X-A-O-S, on Twitter. Um, I'd be happy to make tinctures for you regarding like any medical condition that you have, so please reach out to me, and let's see if we can get you some herbal remedies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's always kind of been, I mean, that was from the model in the beginning because our school model was after the Prussian model, which I'm sure you all know, um, which is basically just to uh, put out like good workers and that type of thing. So um, yeah, but it's it's just, yeah it's increasingly harder to be like a good teacher also, because it wasn't as, uh, I guess, regulated as it, it's become. Yeah,
0: but within within the yeah. whole thing, you know, yeah. It's just, like I said, it's that conveyor belt aspect of it. Like, yeah, it's always been the yeah. Prussian model, but she, it, within that, like you could, I don't know. You, you, the, the, every, we're just trying to get the max res, re, max results out of every possible school in every district in the country. And I don't know, man, it's like not a lot of room for, you know, enthusiasm. And it, it's kind of a shame that it hurts kids for a lot of reason. It hurts kids uh, intellectual curiosity. And like we, I do totally remember being a kid and having a ton of intellectual curiosity and so many people will tell you like it really like it really stifled that it really um just put a damper on Mm -hmm. on the natural curiosity of children just to want to learn and understand things
2: yeah i think i mean you're right it's it's always been the prussian model which has always sort of you know strived for homogeneity and like a consistent output of humans um,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's, I just think the, you know, the parameters have just tightened, o- you know, over the years, a little at a time, right. um, to where there's, yeah. there used to be a little bit of wiggle room and now there's just no wiggle room. It's just a dull gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Foucault, it's a dull gray prison. Um, yeah. it's, it's very, very similar, but you know, everything's a prison according to Foucault, but, um, yeah. <laughs> But no, you're, you're absolutely right about, I mean, I was a a kid who enjoyed learning. I was probably, you know, before a lot of drugs and a lot of hits to the head, I was probably before, uh, uh, above average intelligence and I understood and I read a lot and I understood the material, but it's just, even I just would get bored in, in school and I would just fuck off and I don't know, shoot. Shit at the teacher and uh, you know just yeah. fuck around and uh, carve shit another day, you know, just bored out of your yeah. skull. So, um, because I, I mean, just, there's
1: only so much. Like, oh, sorry.
2: Go ahead. No, go ahead. I no,
1: mean, yeah, uh, there's only so much too. Like, I don't know about your class sizes, like where y'all grew up, but I, being in New Jersey, the class sizes were like thirty kids, and even if you wanted to be a good, it was usually twenty five to thirty. I'll correct that. Um, and in order to, even if you wanted to be a good teacher, it's really hard to provide for that many students on an individualistic like level
3: you
2: know yeah,
1: yeah. for everything and yeah
2: so, that's my i mean this is why we should obviously i mean we homeschool here and Penguin, well, you're absolutely cool. right about that uh natural curiosity i mean the kids they just want to learn all you have to do mm-hmm. is kind of just mostly stay out of the fuck out of their way but you know just facilitate that ability like if they're interested in something it's like okay well here check this out and whatever and just wind them up and let them go um but yeah the, the school just like takes all the hope and joy and the, the crushes the gleam in your eye you know what i mean um all that natural curiosity but um yeah fuck school i'm down um yeah <laughs> So was there anything else that, like, um, I don't know, like your early ideals or, you know, f- way you thought about that, the world that sort of transferred once you became an anarchist, or was that pretty much it?
1: Um, no, I think it's just mostly that. But, like, I think, too, had I been introduced to something like libertarianism or whatever, instead of being told that they're just weirdos um, or whatever, like, it, uh, maybe i would have like jibed um somewhat with it but i think i just had so much conservative bullshit pushed in my face all the time um, that it's like you claim to be individualist on some level but like they're not at all um and i still see that with like my parents and things it's interesting in talking about some of the issues of today um especially when it comes to like the trans issue um that's brought up a lot and the you know don't touch my kids type thing, and I think it's like a lot more nuanced than that, and I have friends who are trans so it's like kind of hurts me a little bit hearing some of the things that they say, so um but yeah, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense, but
2: have you kind of noticed uh, them come around a little bit I want to in get recent years. what I'm sorry. Have you have you noticed your like conservative folks sort of come around in recent years or no, still very rigid?
1: I, I don't no. Like so. No, I think no. Okay. I think some of them have. Well, I guess it depends on who you're talking about. I think some of them probably mm-hmm. have. I don't want to say collectively as a group they haven't, but I've seen certain things that, like I guess with war, they are a little bit more open. Like with. Um, certain wars, like admitting like yeah that was bad we probably shouldn't have done that like yeah. in Afghanistan and those types of things but I think in general it's just transferring it to a new issue be like oh yeah well now we have to yell about this <laughs> and be mad about it um,
2: be- being mad about the, the current thing yeah
1: yeah like yeah. in I mean Nashville and they tried to pass a drag grant ban because that's what we they decided to be mad about <laughs> you know, this year, or whatever. So <laughs> which know, being there, a, like, unconstitutional isn't there like, uh, had a couple of those types of things that weren't what they seem, but like, that's the issue that they've all decided to be mad about. So <laughs> hmm. or most of them, I, 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 should say. I, should, I should say all, because I don't know every conservative that's on the planet, but the ones that I know, personally, yeah.
2: Yeah, like um, sometimes, um, you know, we're my wife she's her whole family's born and raised in this area of tennessee so they're obviously mm-hmm. very you know all you know sort of conservative they're not terrible about it or anything but um vaguely conservative but i've i've noticed even like i've talked to my wife's aunt a few times about politics and stuff and it seems like they're maybe it's the like you said the war stuff uh, but it might even be the the popularity of conspiracies amongst the right now but they mm-hmm. they seem to be coming around to certain things um, okay yeah that
1: i can see like, yeah that i can see like the conspiracy angle of it uh, Yeah. i think it depends on the world is too you know <laughs>
2: less trusting of government and also like just narratives mm-hmm. put out by the Republican party kind of thing. Like they, I don't think yeah. they're buying into it as much, but I don't know. I, I also don't have like a ton of conservatives around me. So I don't, I don't really know. Um, except for my, you know, my wife's family or whatever, but, um, I don't know if that's common. It does seem like the conservatives, uh, are less trusting of war now, but, um, you know, Scott Horton makes the point where he's like, "Well, yeah, I mean, they've been sending their kids to die in these things for like the past twenty years, and for what? Mm-hmm. You know." So I think they're less, uh um, less sold on the war thing now. But except now, it's it's real, right? So they're all back into it again. So we'll see.
1: Yes, and I, I have no idea. Oof. I went to last weekend. We did not talk about that at all, so I don't know how they feel about that, but. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know where they're at with with that. Yeah. Conservatives
0: are a weird bunch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Conservatives are a weird, a weird bunch. Um, You know, I guess a lot of the expectation is like you would think they would believe in so-and-so individualism or like markets and everything. Markets are like the, you know, free markets, Various other things that maybe you know libertarians i mean definitely libertarians would be partial to, and it's of course it 's because like they tried to fuse the the remaining classical liberals uh, that existed when they tried to like, kill classical liberalism into conservatism as like the last place, but mm-hmm. they obviously had to mix with like a lot of other actually conservative type of ideologies and maybe not so conservative stuff that 's kind of right wing. And tried to sh- mm-hmm. shove it down into this conservative label, and you know it, it, it really doesn't work. So I think it's just best to treat them as conservatives. And I don't think every every aspect of being conservative, depending on what you mean by it, is mm-hmm. like bad or or, or or wrong. I mean, especially like, uh, you know, what would the conservative position on on this foreign foreign wars, interventionism, entangle- entanglements, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, if they actually had a conservative view? I mean honest to god like the liberals neoliberals and 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 definitely the classical liberals too that are now called calling themselves by that label they are absolutely i mean if you have that word in your in in your self identifier you're absolutely 100% um for uh you know maximum empowerment and aid to um to Israel and 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 ultimately that means like interventionism all over the middle east um, which is how we got to where you know all the interventionism in yeah. the Middle East. But it's like, but it's like you know, obviously they have their own hangups about that too. But I think it's best is to treat them as, treat them as conservatives, and and you probably come out more surprised, have more pleasant surprises than being disappointed in them. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, and that's something that's just like one of the reasons why I just like not on Twitter anymore too. Is just like. More and more people, the more time went on, just starting and like, so it is easier just to be like, well, I assume you're going to probably stick with this. And then if they don't just like put the disappointing angle out there, then it's like, oh, that's nice. You know? (laughs) So. Yeah.
0: It was kind of nice to not have Trump in, in in Trump in office to have to be constant, have, you know, clouding every single issue at all. Of course, then you, you know, and, and that's yeah, on, exactly. on either side, whether you're talking to a liberal or a conservative, it's like Trump would just dominate every, every um, conversation. So it's kind of good not to have him have him kind of off to the side at the very least.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think for the time being, anyway, I guess we'll see. We'll be closer to the 2024. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be pretty hilarious to have like Trump and Biden run again. I mean, just like absurdly ironic, it'll be very, very hilarious.
0: I'm, dude. I am all. I am. I am all for Trump running at this point. I'm. I may not the first Trump election or the second Trump election, but to come around on yeah. uh, hopefully the third Trump election. I. I. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Honestly, I, yeah. it's. I've seen what else there is to offer, and there really is nothing that would be hilarious to see i I don't want to go into this whole whole, whole rant but it would be absolutely (laughs) hilarious it'd be the one thing that would get me get me not to be like not to have the uh election being like uh scratching a chalkboard to me is to have trump up there
2: well i mean you'd have like (inaudible)
1: this
2: (laughs) yeah this superficial narcissist versus like this guy who doesn't know where he is and i'm i mean it's just it's just fucking so absurdly sad. hilarious. I, I I don't know, but um, I mean, it does kind of. Uh, I just want to just shoehorn this before we get back to um
0: your your um your origin story, I guess, Ali. Um, it I think anything that, and I mean this pretty broadly, like anything that um gets people. Disenchanted, I guess, is the word. Demoralized, if they're if they're like government employees <laughs> uh, or military, yes. and I mean that honestly, like not even just from an anarchist perspective, mm-hmm. but in in regards to like foreign intervention and all these things, to so like demoralize the 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 military mm-hmm. from wanting to go fight in an overseas war, or to um, make people disenchanted from you know, working for the government, or you know one degree of separation working for the government. I think that is a like, like a, a a valid goal, you know.
1: Yes, I mean, the more distrust that you can sow into the government for people who weren't there before is, yeah, is very interesting. (laughs)
2: Um, So, like, part of the reason we did this series, um, or at least I had the idea to do this series, was that I often see the um, the talking point of bandied about that. There's, you know, anarchism is mostly a, a male thing. Like you don't see many uh, female anarchists. At least that's like the narrative. Right. But then yeah. I just, I sort of start looking at my friend's group and I'm like, well, wait a minute. It's pretty split down the middle. Um and I you know, of you know, my friend's group of anarchists are is pretty fifty fifty. I don't you know, if I if I start counting in my head, you know what I mean? So I'm like, well, this can't be right. So then you know, I start thinking about these things and like I've we've I've talked to a few and I get kind of a common answer, and it's just that I think the dudes are louder, number one. But I think, number two, a lot of the females sort of, like, keep to themselves in some sense. And Mm -hmm. so, like, this reminds... So once I kind of had started getting that idea in my head, like, I'm reminded of, like, parties when I was in high school, right? And you get these dude bros Mm -hmm. that are, like, 37 Bud Lights deep and just yelling and being loud and rowdy and then like off to the side talking amongst themselves you got a group of girls right and that's like mm-hmm. how a lot of these parties went down you know you got these loud obnoxious dudes you got some you know random people hanging out or whatever being cool and then you got like a group of girls who're just like over there by themselves talking amongst each other and mm-hmm. i kind of think that that's a might that's like might be how <laughs> anarchists work on a like yeah. a on like a slightly different level, right? So uh what what are your what are your thoughts on like why that might be the case? Like why why is there why does the narrative exist that there's like not many libertarian or anarchist women?
1: Well I will say so I was in the LP for church here and if you played the LP with libertarianism, Um, I did not necessarily feel welcome Um, in the, initially I did, and there are still people I talked to in the LP and there are still people I do like in the LP. Like I think Spike is still involved. He, he has a lot of really good talking points and things you should definitely follow. But I also remember sitting at a table at the yearly conference and somebody being like, well, don't really tell anybody, but like everybody at the table had like a bad experience with this one person who was a presidential uh, candidate at the time. It was kind of like something that I don't know if it was under the rug, but it just seemed like they didn't really want people to talk about that. And like from that, that kind of set me back to where, OK, well, how does this make you different experience? You might just walk away and be like, fuck this whole thing. Like, I could see that. Um, and not that that's like a regular occurrence necessarily, but there are a few things that have come out from people who are in the LP um, that are not necessarily good things, And. uh but I also maybe if I mean, it would also depend on like the type of anarchists that probably are around if it's through anarchism. Because if you're around an ANCAP who wants to talk about Mises all day and economics and all that kind of stuff, like that's not to me anyway, that's not that interesting to me. Like I I went through a phase where I would where I like read Mises and all of that kind of stuff and was like, yeah, they're right or whatever. But it's just like also economics is kind of boring. So I think I wonder if more women, it would be interesting to be like social um, type things, you know, like social issues. Um, So I don't know. So there might just be a a, a difference in where you get involved in it at and who you know from that. Um, Because, you know, even towards the end when I was on Twitter, there were people I ran into that I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing. I think there's like an ego communism, like like a bunch of people who are ego communists and I still don't even know what that means to be honest, um
0: so, yeah, I don't know what that means
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I well we've had know. some that's that's people have uh, misread sterner, that's what that is, but okay, <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, I'm just like I have no idea what you all are, yeah, um, <laughs> yes. but yeah, but I wonder yeah, we've if had some different factions of anarchism, if' it's in certain areas than others. I don't know. And like I said, I don't know the answer to that, but that's, I'm
0: just speaking from my experience. Um, yeah, we've had some excellent conversations previously, like in this series, um, and we've asked people the same question and had conversations kind of go all, on that same route. And I think, yeah, that's, that's very much true, that some of our guests, some of our female guests, um, and this doesn't apply for everyone, it's kind of cool that there's some where it doesn't apply or it does apply, but it applies in different ways. Perhaps that they do focus on certain, not even different issues, but different categories of issues. And like you said, a more of a social, a more of a social oriented. Certainly, very much low on the very low end of the scale would be the economic stuff and and and, and so forth, and p- more political oriented kind of things, and more so this kind of social aspects and and certain issues that not only am I not so super familiar with or involved in like, it's not that interesting to me, but maybe that's perfectly. I mean, that is by the way, perfectly fine. And it's, it's interesting that some of those issues can be of like some of the top level importance. And you can obviously see why on some, a lot of these social issues, some of the top level importance for, for um, women in the scene.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Hey y'all. I got something cool to tell you about. So you know how uh, I'm doing a big initiative to try to get more people to Gorilla Garden? Well, uh, Daggerist over at agoristacres.com, he's kind of teaming up with me a little bit here to help support this uh, cause. So if you use the code AGORA10 uh, over at agoristacres.com, you'll get 10% off. Um, for any reason, um, you're buying seeds, whether that be guerrilla gardening or your own garden, anything like that. But if you contact Daggerist uh, or myself and you tell them that I sent you to get seeds for guerrilla gardening, he might be able to swing an additional hookup. Um, it might be just whatever he's got, you know, an, a surplus of or that kind of thing. Whatever he can do, um, so he's he's down for the cause here and really wants to help uh, see this come to fruition. Um, so I'm, I am Sekmagora, at Sekmagora, on all the, the um, social media. You can contact Dagris directly on his website, uh, agristakers.com, again. And uh, the code is AGORA10. to just gets uh, 10% off straight up. And um, tell him I sent you for, for guerrilla gardening and you'll... Uh, He'll, he'll try to hook you up however he can and um what, this is what we got to do we got to support people that support us that want to see more of this in the world um so again it's com. check it out um and get out there and and, and cause a cause a ruckus and get some guerrilla gardening done all right y'all peace
0: I mean, can you think of any of other, of other, other certain issues? I know we've it's been a while since we've recorded some of these episodes, but I think certain things, just like um, parenting, and uh, I don't want to just say domestic issues, but like parenting and just uh, no. interpersonal relations. And well, uh, yeah, but well, like
1: inequality, I think too, would be something that yeah. women might have what might, might be more often. I mean, I don't know, I don't know that's accurate either. So, but um, this is like possibly. Um. Yeah. Well, here me, let me let me run by so a scenario. Maybe can make them feminism or something like that.
3: Hmm.
2: Or helping the poor, direct action, that kind of thing, helping in your community. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but and also I'll, like um home,
0: homesteading stuff like homesteading yeah, and, and kind of production. home home based in, industry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where you know, I mean, if you're going to have a division of labor, where. The, so like the the man is more likely to have be in part and take part in the division of labor where he goes off somewhere might even go on the hit the road might go out of state you know and be more more likely to be working with around strangers and in the cash nexus but like working out working in a doing homesteading working in things that are economically relevant but not within the cash nexus economy or within a market economy um which certainly doesn't mean communism or anything i mean but just can mean a home economy can mean a barter economy can be a local back and forth peer to peer like like that's a different that's a different ball game really and so it's it's and in that division of labor while it's not like mandated or anything that's often just what what people find most convenient, convenient for a variety of reasons so this reminds me of one of our past guests that i can't remember that was it residents i don't know um but it, oh boy, it, you know yeah. i think it, yeah 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 where where it's like yeah i mean just just the economic relations that you're dealing with is like uh on a totally different level but it's cool that because of that you know um division of labor that like i said we're not mandating it but that, that, that often comes up that we got totally different perspectives uh, kind of on how people uh relate peacefully
2: um yeah my wife's got a straight up fucking gift economy with her friends they just gift each other stuff that they make all the time and that's what her and her little friend group does but well here let me lay out a scenario that i think is apt here right so Mm -hmm. you're right economics is fucking boring and i got i got into (laughs) the economics economics nerd thing for a long time and it's boring as well no, what's wrong with economics no it you know i read all of it I, it was interesting to me for a while well, good for you after a while <laughs> it's fucking it's there's it's it, it it's mental masturbation is what it is okay so like i think you're right that <clears throat> that becomes boring for not just women but for also a bu- a lot of dudes but, however there is a lot of dudes that still that they just enjoy like debating like economics or political theory and like that's what they like to do right so mm-hmm. i start to suspect that i think a lot of the women it, women anarchists uh it might be just that they get tired of it quicker than the men and actually go do something i think the women are more doers than even most of the men are and i'm speaking listen i don't speak in absolutes or uh something being inherent this is just generalities this is not anything to do with like biological determinism or anything of the sort i don't i don't believe in any of that nonsense but just speaking in in generalities i think that women might I think every anarchist sort of goes through this or like most anarchists go through this. It's like where eventually you're like, okay, enough with the theory, enough with the economics. Like literally, like, what are we going to fucking do about this? Right. And they go out and start doing things, whatever, whatever that thing is, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether that's building things in the community or homesteading or I don't know, fucking squatting or burning down police stations, whatever your thing is doing something right but I think that women make that pro- do that might do that process faster, if that makes sense. They get bored with the debate me bro nonsense, uh, at the I online didn't... arguing over and yeah. over again about economics and political theory, and then they literally just they just go out and start fucking doing it. And sort of you couple this with like a couple of uncomfortable situations in groups of dudes, mm-hmm. and that that's yeah. just going to hasten that process faster. Right. So I, I don't know what mm-hmm. specifically that, that, uh, that situation was with your, the dudes in the LP there, but you know, one yeah. too many times. Might it might have been
1: well. specific to our state or something. I don't know. Sure. Um, sure.
2: But you're but not the yeah, first person to make that, that like, case. You're not yeah, the first person to bring something up something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So imagine like being a, a woman, libertarian or anarchist, and you have one or two of those situations happen. Right. Yes. And then whether that's in person or online and, you know, couple that with like, OK, this is really fucking boring. Also, I'm just going to go do something. And then you just don't hear from them anymore. Right. They're off with their own little yeah. clique or their own little friends group or or whatever the thing or doing their thing. And I think that that is might be part of the reason it gives the impression that p- most people that, like, <laughs> libertarianism or anarchism is just for, like, nerdy yeah. dudes. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I think well, I, mean, I if, have a suspicion, and I don't know.
1: Who's but... on who's on, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was going to say, if, if you're just there, it's like, most of the time, they're only going to interact with you. And this was true for a couple of people that I I eventually figured out that it was only through negative interaction to tell me that they thought I was completely wrong. Um, So you're going to probably have a lot more bad experiences or these guys who are just like, say they're joking, but it's like, oh, I hate women and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I don't know. But yeah, it's like, but are are not people that you're meeting in real life. I would say also just like, and aren't necessarily indicative of the anarchists you'll meet in real life. Like things like the the uh what is it? They camp out that you do and that type of stuff. I think is probably more of an indication of like anarchists um, than is like going on Twitter and see what people are shouting about today. <laughs> so I don't know. I think the more you, well, know that yeah, more, I like, mean, yeah, that you brought it that up, that
0: is more anarchist. I mean, that is so more anarchist should... than than engaging yeah. in like debates about anything political i understand that this is politics we and and, and we have to like face politics as a reality but like that is more that is definitionally more anarchist there is that is just a fellowship of people in it doing a gift economy um you know even though markets Mm -hmm. are fine doing a gift economy and being friendly without hierarchies and blah 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 that's essentially the model and what it looks like And i know we can't you know we're not in a reality where we can do that all the time, but that literally is more anarchist. And maybe that's why it feels more natural.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. since you guys are talking about like, what being are you really at my, getting- Oh, okay. What?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, no, I'm uh,
1: just going to say, go ahead. Sorry, I'm trying not to talk over you, but I'm like really bad. No, you're fine. you're yeah. fine. Go ahead. Go you. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but it's like, what are you? I really still have it
2: figured about? out. <laughs> to constantly
1: have an opinion on absolutely everything that's going on. And sometimes there are things that happen, and I think it's good to have an opinion. And like, yes, you you should be speaking out about things that are like bad things, like genocides that are currently happening and that type of stuff. But also sometimes you just need to sit back and kind of take in information before having that opinion, you know. And people aren't always necessarily ready to do that. They just want to jump on something. And I don't think that's necessarily helpful to any conversation if you're having an opinion on something. That you absolutely know absolutely nothing about. Um, anyway, that's all I was going to say. Whereas, like in person, yeah, so- like you're you're talking to real people and getting to know like their real issues and that type of thing. So I think it is good to know what's going on in politics so you can speak out against like injustices that are happening. But like I don't think it's the most important thing as an anarchist because like, well, I can't talk for everybody, but I don't personally vote. I- don't think that you should <laughs> but like you do you if you have a reason to um yeah so it's like i'm not keeping up with it for that and i'm not like thoroughly going through everything that happens around here i'm more worried about like how my everyday interactions are happening than what's being taught like told on the news or like whatever the new issue is that you have to have opinion on.
2: yeah so, at the end of the day yeah. i think that's like not only the most important but where you can have the most effect also you know yeah. And it and also like uh, you know we we talked about we said this earlier in this conversation but social media and online stuff it's like it's like simultaneously very useful but also cancer you know like so on the one yeah. hand you can be you can you know you can sp- you know voice your opinion about like uh you know the the, the ethnic cleansing of palestine for example or whatever the thing right. is and
1: exactly
2: it, like you said injustices and and that sort of thing but also it just brings out the fucking worst in people a lot of the time because yeah. um you know there's just fucking shit flinging and whatever else and and it's very easy to just be like very yeah. cruel um You know i I forgot what and then
1: you're this and that and the other thing
2: right you're obviously (laughs) the devil and evil and a piece of shit and whatever else you know and whereas in person like that sort of shit, it just doesn't matter as much you know like uh you know you guys were talking about both of you all are at my house a couple of months ago or whatever the thing and we had i don't know how uh, a number of people and everyone was fine surprisingly nobody was calling each other names or shit flinging or anything like that, you know, like uh, you people would online or whatever. And uh, everybody was getting along. And by the way, there's probably, I would say a a 50, 50 split between females and males. And maybe that's just my friend's group. I don't know, but like, I don't, I don't know. So like, to me, like you, you see all this stuff on online about like, there's, there's no women anarchists or whatever. It's like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's like different than what I'm seeing in like real fucking life, you know, so it's just like there's Mm -hmm. endless examples of where like online it's not real. It's not fucking a real like um, a picture of what life actually fucking is and you know, like you can go online and read the news and like the world's on fire and uh, uh, falling apart and then it's (laughs) just like. You just go the fuck outside, and it's like a beautiful day, and everything's quiet, and birds are chirping. You know what I'm saying? And I'm out in my garden, and everything's yeah. fucking fine. <laughs> so, like, it's like um, I don't know where I was going. the real re- the real life is where real anarchist shit happens. So I'm just I guess I'm just agreeing with both of you, but um,
1: yeah. One well, you have anyway. to remember, it's like you're still like have it's still probably a relatively small group. And like every person that you run into on the street isn't necessarily going to be like, hey, I'm an anarchist. You know what I mean? Like you could pass somebody by that's an anarchist and they're just like not online, I don't know them. Um, so, and some people just don't like to say it out loud or like state their everyday life, especially depending on who they're talking to. Um, so, I don't know. There might be a little bit more out, but it's still that we actually know about that just aren't like super. Um, out about it but like maybe some they have like a close friend group but they're not on twitter i don't know <laughs> but yeah twitter is not the place that you really should be uh confirming i guess like how many girls or boys or whatever there are because there are a lot right. of people that i do think also will say things just because it will inflame other people and get them more attention and you always have to be careful for that especially if there are larger accounts um because that
2: shit's only getting worse too because now you're getting paid for that
1: yeah yep and you have and then then it's like okay well how many of you are actually getting paid to have this opinion and how many are is this like an authentic thing and yeah so just be careful about who you believe and follow on twitter and that type of thing because i do like with social media i've had really good experiences of meeting people from on there who are great like y'all are i met my boyfriend uh we live together now on Twitter and I'm thankful for that part of it, but I definitely do not miss like the negativity that people sling at you constantly all the time. And I know for a little bit, I kind of got caught up into like some of it and I got tired of that too. And it was just like, I don't, you know, this it just isn't for me anymore, <laughs> but I am grateful no. for the people that I have met from me. It could be a good tool, like you said, a double-edged sword, but like people can also be assholes.
3: <laughs> so. Be yeah, I,
2: I have zero yeah. interest with fighting or debating on the internet. <laughs> like I couldn't yeah. find <laughs> a bigger waste of my fucking time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. does nothing for me um, except make me angry. And I don't, I don't, I, don't, I have zero need for that, you know, let's, but, yeah. but it is good. Not, like you no, said, I'm like I met, I think I met you on fucking Twitter or maybe i met you through penguin yeah so i mean like you do meet like decent people penguin and i didn't meet on twitter but we did meet on some other social media or at some point or whatever so you do it's a good networking tool if you can just keep it at that you know or like post i occasionally will just be like hey i did this fucking cool thing today i that i'm proud of and i fucking post pictures of that and that's yeah. That's about my extent of my social media. There was a time, though, where, like, I was very, I'm going to de- change everyone's mind on the Internet and I'm going to debate them and I will, yeah, you're not you know, going yeah. I will lay out my logical arguments <laughs> and they will be convinced by my overwhelming, you know, and I probably did change some people's minds, but also, yeah. like, how much time and, like, mental health and energy did I, like exert to do that you know what i mean like where i could have just yeah. i could have just and you're like way above change. average you're
0: like way above average at that
2: and and still like was it really worth it no it you, also a, you also do you through a lot of shit more in real change life. I've, yeah. I've made way more change feeding the homeless in my community do you know what i'm saying like yeah. than i ever did online for a lot like lot less energy also you know what i mean so a uh, lot less time and energy so there it's there's no that is not that's a war of attrition to try to like convince everybody on the internet with your fucking arguments. You'll never yeah, do anything else. It's
1: like two, and once you once one part gets a hold like if if somebody like with the the idea of prison abolitionism, right? Um, anytime you talk about that, it's just conservative Twitter gets a hold of that. You get called all sorts of names, you're dumb, you're stupid, and no matter what you say, it doesn't matter. They're just going to call you dumb back again. And I experienced anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to change anybody's mind. And the the sooner you realize, the better off you'll be and you'll save a lot of uh, stress for the other things you need to stress about in your real life, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. And then all that (laughs) time and mental energy you could spend on doing something like productive in your your own life. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just not it's not worth it for me. But um i didn't spend a lot of time doing that i i mean i only really got on the internet in like 2012 or 13 i wasn't even on the internet before that and then i was on facebook for maybe like a year or two and i was just all in i was gonna fucking bring about the revolution by convincing people on facebook so yeah.
1: um, I think that's probably part of the thing, too, is that when you first get started on something, you get really excited about it. I mean, just in general view, I think, um, maybe not everybody, but I tend to do that, too. But it's like, wow, maybe if people just knew about this. They would be like, yeah, you're right. And that's not how it works.
2: Not not <laughs> even okay, a little like bit.
1: Bright-eyed and, yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, yeah. People are very strong in some of the convictions, and it's very hard, uh, especially if you're not in person. I think if you're in person, people probably would be less likely to be an asshole to you. Um, the way yeah, and you could probably
2: be nice. You could be cool to each other and yeah. maybe find common ground. You know what I mean? Like something you're both yeah. interested in. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. I don't know, a fucking hobby or activity or whatever the thing, you know? But I I just I've said this before many times. I'm repeating myself here, but I just don't think most people will be convinced by like an argument or a logical argument, you know, and it's not because they are dumb. It's just that that's not how like most people learn things or are convinced. Like you got a certain number of people who will be convinced by that. Sure. But most people have to see these things like work. For yeah. for them to be convinced by that, so I think that's well, how most people things, are, telling, change their minds.
1: Yes, and if you're telling them about some issue that maybe is niche to like to them or where you live or something, and they don't see that in their everyday life, a lot of people I think just write it off as well. That's not really happening. And
3: right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right until it happens to them and they're definitely not going to be convinced by this argument because like they just don't see it unfortunately and like it doesn't mean it's not happening it's just maybe you just don't see it or you don't notice it or whatever type of thing so like they're not they're gonna be like oh yeah i don't really care about that because i don't see it going on you know Um, right
2: well that's why i made the joke that you get pulled over earlier oh yeah no yeah, because you know, libertarians yeah. a conservative that got pulled over by the cops, and then like a libertarians a uh, a liberal who got their first paycheck or their first taxes taken out or something. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, that's just the old joke. But yeah. but yeah, most people like the and and honestly, it's not their fault. You know, it's like these things yeah. it, for most people they're not real until it like happens to you. You know, like um, yeah. they're an abstraction in some sense. Like even things that like. I am passionate about like like let, let's say war. I've been passionately anti-war since I was a fucking baby. So, yes. but I've never been in a war. I don't really know. I've seen I've seen pictures and video and read all about it, but I've never been I've never had to live where like you're f- afraid of a bomb blowing up your house every day. I've never had to live like that. Right. I don't yeah. really fucking know war. I know war is almost like uh, something to learn about and an abstraction of fucking a text you know that I mean? like i don't i don't understand yeah. it in the way that people who have been in war and so it's like a totally i so i can understand like for most people these things aren't really real they're like abstract concepts until it happens to them you know until something affects them yeah. in their life you know cops don't really yeah, uh, I mean, you, you know, usually, cops beating people is a statistic yeah. until they beat up your kid for having pot you know what i mean
1: right yeah, and I think you see a lot of, um, there were quite a few, I know, uh, military people that I had followed on Twitter, who they became anti-war because they went over, you know, to like Iraq and Afghanistan and did tours over there. Um, and so, you know, they did that instead of going to college or whatever, and they're like, what they saw and in, in all that stuff is what she anti-war and against all this bullshit. So, yeah, so that kind of goes with what sometimes it takes seeing the bad parts. Um, and the really negative things to be like, well, maybe we aren't the good guys anymore or not that we ever were, but
2: you know what I mean? Right. I mean, a lot of the strongest anti war voices in history were literally former military because like, once you go over there, like you have this ideal idealized version of what war is in your mind. And then you go over there and you're just, you're seeing fucking families getting blown apart who are just like living their life or whatever. and You're like, what the fuck? What is it like I can't that's like way too much to for them to fucking accept you know what I mean they see like they see how the sausage is made in a sense and uh, that they, they've just become the most passionate anti-war voices there ever were I mean go down the line Spendley Butler there's a bunch of a bunch of current mm-hmm. anti-war activists that were former military from like the terror wars and stuff you know and um,
1: and, I very and mean, that, that was, was true in Vietnam too. I think they're very needed.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, it's when it's not helpful women's to women's right. the state yeah. narrative. <laughs> no. know. <laughs> All right. One one more thing and then I'll I will uh <laughs> we'll wrap this up. But um so what do you think there is a a you unique perspective that you possess or a unique, yeah, unique perspective on anarchism that is is unique to you as like an individual as a or as a woman?
1: Um well I don't necessarily look at myself as like super unique from other people. Um I guess from like you did anarchism and that type of thing. I think there are so many people doing way more interesting things. Uh, But I guess, like, the education perspective, like, even though everybody kind of feels that, it was just, like, something, like, I was involved. I know people have had me come on and talk about, like, having been a teacher and that type of thing. Um, And, but I guess, you know, it's not really unique to me, but I do think the prison abolition thing is very new for a lot of people, because I surprisingly get a lot of hate from some anarchists and libertarians for holding that position. Um, surprisingly enough, that's something that's like, I don't, it's not unique people like Ace and I know Mel on Twitter, like, they all have been championing this for a very long time. Um, but I was very surprised to come across people who are the and anarchists who are like, no, murderers are rapists, man. What do we do with those? You know, <laughs> that typical question is like, no. <laughs> so, I don't know. Question. <laughs>
2: well you know i've said for a long time that there's a there's anarchists that that they're anarchists because they want to um they want liberation for all humans and then there's anarchists that just want to be the new cops you know what i mean so it's like well we need we need the people's revolutionary prisons comrade you know like it's it's not
0: yeah i I think that's mostly i hate to say it i mean I, I don't have a problem with that because I'm not really tied. Th- I'm not really wed to exactly the uh, phys- philosophical label, but I guess this is probably why I'm not wed to a physical, philosophical label. because so I think that's basically, <sighs> I know people will say anarchist is anybody who doesn't want, you know, a monopolistic state or something, however they describe a state, mm-hmm. but that really, <sighs> That really is the main historical tendency. Like, just numerically, just count the number of people that have called themselves. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, it has really been people that want kind of like some form of massive. I don't know horizontal kind of enforcement, or I don't know. Anyways, it's it's a very interesting topic when you bring up person abolition. And I, It was not. It's not so interesting because it's like a. It's a dogma. Like it's an exact science you know what i mean what it is is like yeah. it starts all these conversations often often which are like really bad like yes let's not have prisons and 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 when you get interesting but i think it's ultimately it's a good intellectual exercise it's like it's most people i think idea of what to do instead of a prisoner instead of cops or whatever is usually worse and mm-hmm. then 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 the actual i mean really i you do see a lot of like terrible ideas and of course the reason why is because these things are actually implemented and so they have a lot of some bugs worked out versus this idea that we're going to plan well you know what you're not going to be able to plan anarchy by the definition by what it really means you know yeah. there's no system that you're going to come up with but uh yeah i mean you kind of work through all the little bad ideas and um uh, you know basically you let emerge Processes happen now, but I think it's I think it's a good uh, intellectual exercise, definitely, to see who's kind of what category of person who's in the sense of what we're talking about, or like what people's real motivations, or underpinnings are. Because even I, the idea of like calling yourself an anarchist, like yeah, it's, it was great for Proudhon to like say this fundamentally like really controversial thing, but <clears throat> um, you know, it, it, it filters in cer- certain people and filters out other people, and you know every, every once you start applying attaching labels to things it's it's like do you are you yeah. really talking about are you talking about apples and apples or are you talking about apples and oranges or apples and trout i don't know so uh but yeah that's that's my two cents on that i think it's a great intellectual exercise way to way to start discoursing with people and seeing how well unfortunately how many bad ideas people can come up with
1: yeah <laughs> And there's like, there's not ever going to be like, oh, I think part of the problem too is when you talk to people is they still want one size fits all have that with any, with something like that. Or like really for a lot of stuff, it's just going to depend and people don't like that response either. Um, I don't know if you don't have like the perfect cookie cutter response for them. It's like some people will just like turn off.
0: Well, that's how kind of, you know, they're not really cut out for this. I mean, What we're talking about. Yeah. What we're talking about when we say anarchism, we're talking about it. it, There is no one answer. We don't have it. I don't have an answer. I know it's frustrating for people that don't identify and maybe have hostility to the idea or whatever. um, People that are ideologically like very, very distant. But like for people that aren't, I mean, look, it's, it's like day one, you need to learn. There's no, there's no blueprint. And there's no blueprint it's not it's not like there's like 25 different variations of this thing and they each have a special a special blueprint and you can learn them all yeah. it doesn't work that way man you got to look learn the like like the world that exists out there right now that has like governments and all this stuff blah blah blah, blah, blah. yeah it doesn't work in one way things work in like like you like you you I, I, this is kind of an, one of the examples cause there's so many different variations of this. Like you go in somewhere, even in the United States or anywhere in the world and you like, you know, get hit by a car and ambulance comes picks you up. There's like a dozens of different ways that, 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 that could be a private company. That could be a, a, you know, a government employee or, you know, there, there are companies that provide ambulance services all over the country. It could be a nonprofit run by, a, a, you know, a, a church or a nonprofit, I guess, a nonprofit organization. And there is like a patchwork of a zillion different things happening in the world. Most of the things that we advocate for have already existed in the past, probably exist now, somewhere, in some form. And it's there is never going to be a world with uh, exactly one combination of all the ideas that just happen to work perfectly. And um, I mean, I guess if you either get mature enough that you learn that that's not how the world even works now, or yeah. you can... I don't know if you can just keep trying to, you know, I guess the analogy is always, is like plan society down to the bike shed, but I think you're you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong club for that. If that's um, what what you, what you demand.
2: (laughs) I think the desire for that, that blueprint, that one size fits all. I think that's literally the root of like all of our problems for like a very long time is that, people who cannot accept that there is no one-size-fits-all answer, there is no blueprint, these things. And to just be okay with that, I, like uh, most people just can't be okay with that. There has to be a blueprint. And if there's not a blueprint, we have to yeah. make a blueprint and we have to make it fit. And sometimes I think there's a st- sort of a strive for homogeneity for that because that's the only way you could make – a blueprint or one-size-fits-all as if all humans were the same, right? Then you could maybe plan things out. (laughs) right and, yeah i mean not to rant but this is
0: where i get onto the whole decentralization train and we were talking yeah, about sure i guess we were, yeah. we were almost talking about an extreme version of localism let's just tie into this conversation we we're talking about extreme version of localism like how how we get along anarchically with us with the group of friends um but yeah a, a version of decentralization mm-hmm. and an extreme version of decentralization like there's a lot of argument over whether you know decentralization necessarily and there's a whole like spectrum on this of like whether decentralization necessarily means um, you know more freedom or less coercion or whatever you want to measure what your yeah. your end goal is um, it's roughly the similar end goal, but like how do you actually want to measure that and it's like, yeah, but you, I know that decentralization could mean you could have decentralized fascism that 's the classic argument, and there's people that yeah. are far into the spectrum that are liberals that actually think the government you know irrespective of more government or less government? You want the most freedom. Okay, that's that's one extreme of the argument. But the idea is a little bit more different. Is that when you the bigger, I don't know, man. The more people, the more people and more land you you have, you want to monopolize. The more homogeneity you you necessarily need. It's it's, it's there's there's some really tr- big truth to it. I know it seems like the centralists are actually in many cases conservatives. Um, which could be true. Maybe, maybe there are good aspects of some forms of conservatism. Maybe that's true for some some conservatives of a very, like, I don't know, fairly conservative orientation. But it's really not the, the main goal. The main point is the more people you have to have in lockstep, the more homogeneity you need, the more coercion you necessarily need. So I think that, yeah, you know, you know, let's decentralize. It's not the solution to the problem. But There is no one solution to the problem. This is a society-wide issues that we're talking about
1: yeah yeah i mean there well is so much, it's never going to be a one-size-fits-all i mean you could just see with the end of v wade um there are some states that had trigger laws within it and depending on i guess where you fall on the issue but like if you're an anarchist you shouldn't want the state deciding abortion or not i would think that that would be pretty universal but i don't know uh, like even if you're pro-life it's like the state shouldn't be deciding that um, so, in essence, like, the state is more local, I mean, it's not local, local, as local as, like, some people, when they're saying decentralization, they actually do mean, like, localities and supposedly like, state. but, um, but depending on where it is, so even some places uh, around here that have some pretty questionable, people, <laughs> uh, can just, like, their little towns and that type of thing, so it doesn't, so decentralization in and of itself can, couldn't be just like the one size, one size answer either, because it's not good. And the whole idea of, well, what if somebody just moves from that area? Well, what if there were families there? And what if they have no assistance? What if they don't have the finances to go somewhere else? And like, there's all these other issues that kind of come up. I always hate that just move somewhere else response that a lot of people have too. Um, yeah. So decentralization doesn't always mean better. Doesn't
2: always mean yeah, more freedom. Think, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a whole um, there's a whole funny, bunch that good goes good goes good. into that, and then the yeah, and there's a question of do you want democracy and everything? That's that's kind of a whole other, you know, are are you trying to decentralize democracy? Yeah. Are you trying to decentralize something else? But yeah, that's a whole other
2: topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have anything else you want to add, Allie, before we sort of wrap it up here?
1: No, I think I'm good.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, are you working on anything you want to plug anything twitter
1: uh, um not really right now right now i'm just kind of like since i've been on twitter just like trying to work on myself like getting into better shape and that type of thing so um more so focusing on the inner as opposed to you know the outer with like community and that type of thing right now so I right on good, for you. good for you <laughs> yeah.
2: okay cool cool um all right well we'll uh We'll definitely have you back on again. Um, but thanks for coming on and um this was a blast. I think you added you, I think you added a lot to the I don't know, the discourse as they say. Um so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate your your thoughts on this and um and thanks for coming on.
1: All right, well thank you. Bang, you to have anything on to add?
2: Oh, anytime. No, you have anything to add before we were okay, go ahead. Yeah, go
0: no, ahead. It was it was yeah, it was a fun conversation. Glad to finally have you back on. Um, because I we like really meant it. I, obviously, we wanted you back on the podcast, and now you're one of the very few people, um, that I've met twice in real life, um, from Twitter. yeah Matter of fact, yeah, the only people, yeah, f- yeah, from Twitter, from actually from Twitter, because uh, yeah, second, I didn't meet on Twitter, but um, yeah, it was it was great seeing you, uh, seeing you hanging out with both you guys and everything, and you are definitely welcome back. We have a lot of ideas to talk about for sure.
2: All right, right on. Well, um everybody be excellent to each other and uh peace. All
3: right.
2: Later. Ciao.